Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatina. Look, guys, I just got done recording an absolutely epic episode with the amazing Steph Prem. I tell you guys, we could have talked for hours and hours and hours. The funny thing was before we uh, hit record on the episode, uh, we said, you know, like, you know, aim for about an hour, hour and 15 I don't think it's going to be a four-hour episode, but by the end, you'll hear when we talk about it and as you, as you listen through that we could have gone for hours and hours and hours together. Uh, there were some great moments in that, in that episode. I think the whole thing was actually a great hour and 15, 20-odd minutes together uh, that I know you're going to absolutely take a lot from. But Steph is a, a Winter Olympia motivational speaker. She's an entrepreneur, is a founder and owner of Studio PP, Pilates Studio. Um, and she's one of Australia's leading experts on women's health and wellness. Uh, and she's doing a lot of work around the, the mental health space as well. Um, an absolute force to be reckoned with. Such a positive mindset, just a positive human being uh, that just leaves. It's one of those people that I think you would leave a room feeling 10 times better than what it was. Uh, and I know you're going to feel that energy when it does come through the, the speakers as you listen to this episode. So enjoy. Uh, make sure you tag both Seth and myself while you listen to this and share it with your friends and family if you take something from it. Uh, but guys, I'm going to throw it straight into rapid fire. Here is Steph. Steph, thank you so much for making some time to be on the show. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Nah, this is exciting. Uh, I know we had a great chat just now before we uh, hit record and uh, we're having a good chat, a bit of a laugh. Uh, and putting some positive vibes out there. But again, like I said, thank you so much for making some time. Uh, I know you had a, a big week last week and the weekend uh, and now making some time on this beautiful Monday to jump on the show. But uh, as I mentioned, we've got rapid fire straight up, Ooh. which, the, which the, the listeners love. And you only know one I'm question. And I, yeah, I, I only gave you one question, which was the first one, just to sort of pre-frame, but the other 14 you don't know. So okay. this is going to be good. All right. Okay. You ready? Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Favorite song right now. Favorite song right now and always, um, Britney Spears' work. Oh, right now and always, Britney Spears' work. Is that like a workout song? It's, it's more. It's actually work, bitch. But yeah, oh. <laughs> it's, it's okay. You can swear. It's, it's a surefire good mood boost. Okay, so do you work out to that, or is that just always? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you ever want to, it sounds like a sort of workout song. Want to turn your day around, Jamie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The one. You know. All right. I'll play it tomorrow morning at five a.m. when I'm going for my run. Exactly right. Exactly. Perfect. Favorite movie. Uh, favorite movie has to be Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. That is a good movie. Great film. Good soundtrack too. Oh, well said. Yeah. Who doesn't Uh, love a young Richard Gere and young Julia? Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Favorite book. Favorite book? Oh, um, Tools of the Titans. Yeah, yeah, nice. Tim Ferriss. Yeah, yeah. Favorite color? Black. Black. Go to meal? Uh, like anything Mexican. Like oh, okay. So but what mean, if you had a restaurant? What a Mexican restaurant? What would you get? Um, I I I will like any like I probably a taco. Yeah, I'm a taco, taco girl. Yeah, like post comp. Post exercise, post you know, little diet phase you go through. The first thing, Mexican taco. Tacos. Yeah, um, easy. I wouldn't say that's probably the first thing I do post workout. But you said favorite. <laughs> you said favorite food. You didn't say favorite healthy <laughs> totally. food. I know. But if it I comes know. in a burrito or taco variety, I'm interested. Happy days. I like it. I like it. Favorite TV show. Oh, um, I just finished watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Loved it. I heard a lot about that. Loved it. Good. I think my partner watched it. She loved it. I haven't watched it yet. I have to look it's look fantastic. It. And it's shot in Australia. So it's Yeah, that's what she was saying. Byron? It's in Byron. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. wonderful. All right, I have to watch it. First job? Uh, worked in a snowboard and skate store. Yeah, it was the best. It was the best. Yeah, best few years of my life. I still talk to some of the, guy, the, the guys I worked in retail with back then. It was ah, I love that. so much fun. That's awesome. Your biggest celebrity... Or sporting idol growing up? 
ooh, I mean, I, I, I mean, don't, no judgment, guys, but Britney Spears, like growing up, um, <laughs> absolutely, a young wannabe pop star. Um, but yeah, when it comes to athletes, I've had many. Obviously, that is my the space that I live and and breathe and and worked in for a very, very long time. Oh, like to Lindsay Vaughn is one of my favorite mm. athletes uh of all time, probably more so now uh than back then. Um, but oof, it's so many. I can't, <laughs> it's not even fair to have to totally. choose. To choose one, not nah, yeah, cool. and you You've know, well. I've, I've been I was being very lucky to train with many great athletes in my Absolutely. life in, in all different kinds of sports. So I, I would just feel so unfair having to choose one. <laughs> yeah, what's and it like training with a high caliber of an athlete, like on a global stage or a, just a almost like a household name in whatever you know profession they're in? Like, what's it like to train and work with them? I'm uh, for me, I mean, I'm obviously I've left professional sports now, but I still train a lot of um, Olympians and a lot of athletes. And for me, it's mindset. I think mm. the mindset of a, of a professional athlete and Olympian is, is pretty phenomenal and, you know, you can't compare it. So I miss that. I miss that about sports. I miss surrounding myself with that kind of energy Absolutely. all the time. So I, I still like love and adore training athletes and obviously still spend time uh, with a lot of my mates that are athletes, and I think it's awesome. just that like mindset and that 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 um, that de- determination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your uh, you get your kick out of them just oh, by training them. It's so inspiring. Love that, love that, Steph. What's a pet hate? A pet hate. Oh gosh, is that bad that I can't think of one off the straight? Nah, straight off? Maybe I don't know. There's always something. There's always something, right? I'll tell you mine after you do yours. After you say yours, I'll tell you what mine is. Oh, tell me yours first. No, no, because it's going to influence you on the, your answer. Pet hate. Um, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to rapid fire. I know. I'm terrible. I'm not rapid at all. I'm terribly non-rapid. Not rapid. Um, pet hate. Pet peeve. Pet peeve. Um, uh, um, ads, commercials. TV commercials. TV commercials, pet peeves. Especially during sport. That's like, probably seriously. got something to do with my patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can't if I can't cram it and do it all at once with my A-type personality, then I'm not interested. Even though there's so much money in that, in the <laughs> ads, it's like no ads during the sports. Don't want to see nothing. Just give me live stream. I don't want to see it in the middle of Absolutely. a match, in the middle of a game, in the middle nothing. of a show I'm binging, no commercials. No, no commercials. I like it. <laughs> So mine is one of my one of my pet hates. I've got many. I'm just one of those type of people. Yeah. Uh, one of my pet hates is like you know little crumbs left on the table. Oh, you know, can't after do you, it in the kitchen. No, nah, like someone's actually made the effort to clean up, but then they've left. Yes, so like they've missed dinner. It's like why do half a job? Just yeah. do it all. Finish it. Now I have to go there and do it. It's just a very small thing. But that's one of my pet hates. I get it. No. Um, get are you it. a book or audio book person? I'm a book person. Book person. Summer or winter? I like both. Definitely space for both. But absolutely. I Absolutely. love a hardcover, yeah. Yeah. Summer or winter? I think I know the answer. Uh, winter, sorry. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, okay. have, I, um, I didn't have a summer for 11 years. Oh, wow. Because uh, I was chasing winters um, as an athlete. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with the mountains and I love, love that. the winter. But not necessarily well, the Melbourne winter. No. I like, I like <laughs> winters that include Alps and mountains. And, and beautiful views. Yeah, of, definitely. Yeah, beautiful what was, vistas. What, what was it like snow. getting your, your first summer after 11 years? Uh, it was so strange, to be honest. <laughs> it was just bizarre and a lot of sunburn and totally. um, a lot of overwhelm. But um, <laughs> I love I love summer now, but it actually yeah. took it took a little while to to fall back in love with, um, especially a, a, a hot Australian summer. Absolutely. No, love that. Uh, what is something that you haven't done yet that you really want to do, though? Oh, um, uh there's a lot of places I want to travel to definitely. And I think especially after um, uh, lockdown ends, there's, you know, still a lot of things I would like to do. Um, and I would love to do a podcast too. That's on- As in host your own podcast? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Very inspired by you, Jamie. But yeah, oh, something thank I've, you. I've, I've been very um, fortunate enough to be on uh, many podcasts, but um, it's something that I'd love to do myself. Love that. Well, you've got the uh, you've got the gift of the gab. You can talk really well, and <laughs> I, I don't know if rapid fire is going to work well in your in your. I don't think so. I'm not very <laughs> really good at it. No. no. You can put the pressure on the guest. That's the idea. Yeah. I like it. Sum up your mindset in one word. 
Positive. Positive, like that. What was 10-year-old Steph like? Upbeat, um, very confident, and would always be open to a dance performance. <laughs> I like it. A lot Proudest of moms, a lot of tutus, yeah, yeah. a lot of Britney performances. <laughs> We've mentioned dancer, Britney Spears like four times now. 15 years. So I think, um, you know, as a, as a kid I did a lot of competitive dance and yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I, I think that would sum me up as a, as a, as a um, outrageous 10-year-old. Totally. When you were going down the slopes, were you ever listening to Britney Spears in the headphones or anything or no? Oh, always. Always? Yeah, she was on What about that. during the Olympics? Like do you have headphones in or no? You can't when you're competing, um, oh, okay. but you can at the start line. So I had a I had a playlist that I listened to for years in the lead. Yeah. I had like a lucky playlist, you know, something totally. about like lucky underwear. I had a like yeah. lucky playlist. And, in in um, perfect order. Or perfect order. I knew yeah. every song and everything was about mindset and visualization and putting me in yeah. a good space and a good mood. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there was Brittany on, on that. Podcast, <laughs> I can tell you. Brittany would be, I reckon she'd be rapt to know that an Olympian was like listening to her like seconds before going down the dangerous slopes. I love that. <laughs> you can only hope so, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, team, team Brittany. She needs all the support she can get at, at the moment. moment she so, definitely needs it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Proudest moment personally and then proudest moment professionally. That's a a tough one, but I think um, they. I, I don't know if this is cheating, but they kind of do tie into each other. Um, okay. But um, like personally and professionally, I have to say qualifying for the Olympics mm. um, because it was my personal journey for years and years. I put my heart, my soul into being a professional athlete. I missed out on the 2006 Olympics. So to spend that next four years of my life, I think personally and professionally sacrificing a lot to get mm. there mm. Um, uh, was, was a huge, huge achievement. So I, I think Absolutely. the well Olympics done. for me is like my, you know, my university degree, my, Absolutely. my study, my, my, whatever I, I dedicated a, a lot of time and effort to it. So when yeah. it came to fruition, it was a pretty big moment. Love that. Well done. Well done. What's it like pulling on the, the green and the gold, like getting the uniform given to you and getting to the games what's it like it's look it's um it's amazing it's um you know and i'm i'm the first to say i you know i didn't i didn't win a medal at the olympics but to be sort to of to be ranked, there though to be ranked in that you know top 15 in the world and and to you know to represent your country there's there's nothing quite like it it's so overwhelming it's you know it's very very overwhelming but it's it's mm. still um you know that that feeling of standing in the start gate for me is something that I, I that's my favorite moment like nothing yeah. can prepare you for that moment and that adrenaline that you get of standing at at, at the top of an olympic course so yeah love that i think there's well a done. Lot of pride in it yeah absolutely no love that steph tell us something that no one knows about you something that no i think i've already given away the britney spears secret guys. <laughs> like five times <laughs> i blew that one early on in the piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was bad yeah, yeah. i don't normally give that up so easily. <laughs> i've um, done well um something that no 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 one knows um maybe the dancing like i don't know if people know but like i you know i was i danced for 15 years i think prior to to becoming a professional athlete was probably a reason why I was such a good athlete. Mm, um, and mm. I, I studied, yeah, I studied dance and drama at university, but I left, I left uni to go and pursue sport. So awesome. I've always been interested in both the arts and, um, and sport. Maybe that's why you're able to do those cool tricks halfway, <laughs> hundred meters in the air, maybe not hundred meters, but a long way in the air. Um, <laughs> I definitely, doubt it. I doubt yeah. it. No, I was very much known for speed, not tricks. I think really, like, the snowboarding community would laugh at that. I was certainly really certainly not known for my tricks, but I okay. But I could beat anyone. I, speed was something I never ever um uh, ne- never ever phased me. Love that. But Love yes, that. I was well definitely certainly hitting big features and big jumps, no doubt. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if grace and style came with that. The, totally, yeah. absolutely. Uh, second last question: If you could choose to have lunch with any one person, dead or alive, who would it be? And where would you have it? And you've got a two-hour time limit with them. Oh my goodness! Um, look, at the moment, I think I would have to say I'm 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 really uh, in love with the work that Simon Sinek does, mm. and um, I'm 
reading his books at the moment and um, loving his podcast. And I think to have the opportunity to pick his brain would be pretty fascinating. Absolutely. Um, if I just wanted to be entertained for a few hours, probably Will Ferrell. Yeah. Because I just think he's the <laughs> funniest person of oh, all time. But He's pretty um, cool, huh? But, you know, like you, I, I'm I'm pretty inquisitive and I I I like information and I, totally. I find a lot of the work that Simon does very, very inspiring. So he'd Absolutely. be top, top of my where, where would you have lunch with him? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. Am I going to America to see him or is he coming to Australia? Whatever you like. This is the ultimate fantasy right now. Uh, well, I was going to say at this stage we'd be having a picnic because I live in <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> and he couldn't even get here without a travel permit. I was going to say he can't get here and I can't go 15 kilometres totally. from home right now. So it's going to be a picnic. Totally. <laughs> with a I'll cocktail in a, co- in a coffee cup. <laughs> I feel like he'd be into that. Yeah, Man. no, hopefully I'd be travelling to New York to have that lunch. Absolutely. Hey, let's email him and ask me if he's down for a picnic. Absolutely. I like it. I yeah. like it. Last question from me uh, for Rapid Fire is who is your favourite superhero? Oh, um, Wonder Woman. Absolutely. <laughs> I think she she has a lot of the superpowers that that um, that I am attracted to in life. I like that. I like that. Well, hey, that is Rapid Fire. So well done. You can put that on your resume. Put that on the website. That's um, something. That's an achievement and a half right there. You did really well. Uh, but he said, again, like I said at the start, thank you so much for making some time. You've, in my opinion, following you for some time now through social media and, and seeing your journey and seeing what you've been able to achieve and then more of the work you're doing now. One of the things I, I love personally is just the realness. You know, you go for your, your, your swim and, and you just put yourself out there and you just, you're like, this is me. That's what I love personally. Has that always been a trait of yours? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I've always probably been someone that dances to the beat of my own drum. <laughs> nice. I like that. Guilty. I like that. Guilty. Yeah, definitely. Good, good. Over the last 18 months, you know, through this COVID, maybe even more than 18 months now, then these lockdowns and in and out and working with athletes and being a business owner yourself as well, what's been one thing that you've learned about yourself through this time? Um. Look, I think there's been many learnings for a lot of us and there's there's positives and negatives. But um, I think one of the biggest learnings uh, for me, apart from agility, right, which I think I probably <laughs> get a little bit from sport. We've all had yeah. to be pretty agile. Um, yeah. And is patience, mm. I think, um, the ability to pause. Uh, and I think the only way we can stay agile and and pivot and recreate and come out of this, you know, feeling like our, our healthiest, happiest selves is yeah. um, from, from giving ourselves permission to, to take a bit more time. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's been a big thing for me, um, being really open to growing in this time, using this time as like an opportunity that we may not have got otherwise. So I really totally. try to always reframe it as, mm. as a, as a positive, even though of course there's challenging days, which I know we've, we've had, um, and just try to re, I have a lot of energy, right? So it's like, I, and, and that energy can, for all of us can go in the wrong direction sometimes. So I have to really learn to redirect that energy, whether mm. it's frustration mm. or whether it's positivity or whatever it may be into, into growth or into, um, you know, a new direction. And, totally. uh, and I'm, I'm a fairly determined person, you know, I, again, probably comes from being an athlete, like short-term, long-term goals. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just like channeling that energy into the next like steps and, and what we can do next. I like what you said there about, you know, we had an opportunity that we may not have really ever got to potentially slow down. And, and I, I can definitely relate with my thing exactly the same. Like a lot of high energy here, uh, always pushing, always going, always looking, what are we doing next? Where are we going? Like you said, short-term, yeah. long-term goals, but then to have to slow down. Like everyone always says, yeah, slow down and smell the roses, enjoy it. When you actually don't have a choice but to slow down, I right? think that's prior. I was like, yeah, I've got to slow down. I'll, yeah, I'll have half a day off. Great. Awesome. No yes. worries. And I've slowed down. But now actually having, you know, now it's this week, whatever it is of a lockdown and all of what we went through last year, like it's a great skill and I'm actually really glad I learned it. I agree. No. It's that forced pause, right? Yeah. It's yeah. literally forced pause and you yeah. can choose to use it however you want to. Agreed. Um, and and I think some have used it better than others and I, I've gone yeah. in and out of using it well. Yeah. Uh, 
and yep. not using it well. But I think a lot of great has come from that awesome. from that forced pause as from well. That time, yeah, and that's the thing as well. I think for everyone listening as well, and you know, and like we were speaking earlier, like all the work you've done with the, the mental health week last week, uh, and all the amazing content you put out, is that there is no you know right or wrong way to have spent your lockdowns, or there is no right or that, that there's no you had to have got this, or you had to have done this in this period of time, or you were a failure, like. Like you said, we said, like everyone's experiencing it somewhat differently uh, in their own way and in their own world. I think you're right. You sort of, and it's yeah. like trying to, you know, um, be patient with yourself and gracious with yourself throughout this challenging time Agreed. and see it as a really good test for self. Like mm. I'm, obviously I'm someone who's pretty passionate about personal development and mm. I think it has been a great opportunity and it's shown us all our strengths and our weaknesses and we can choose to lean into them or yeah. lean away from them right so absolutely absolutely well I, I was going to go into while they're talking about this I want to keep this going for a bit mm. I wasn't I was going to go into the whole sports but we'll get there uh what you just said though like what you said you like you can choose to lean into it or, or, or not and we have those positives and we have those negatives mm. what do you see being in some of the work that, in a lot of the work that you do how do some people lean into it and how do some and why do some people not and how do some people reframe it in a positive way so quickly and how do some people not like what, what's your thoughts and, and what do you see out there I mean I'm 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 lucky I'm seeing clients on a daily basis still um albeit virtually um absolutely but I, I I think I think we're all being tested right and I think uh we need to put good sort of foundations in place for ourselves. And I think what happened was, and look, a similar thing happened to me when I left sport, right? I um, I lost my routine. I lost my, my get up and go because mm. it was kind of removed from me quickly. Totally. And um, without that framework, I was a bit at a bit of a loss as to who I was and what I was. And I know, you know, formed this bit of identity crisis outside of sport. Right. And I think people are experiencing the exact same thing. I think it's quite transferable now where we've lost our nine to fives. Mm. Um, people are being forced to work from home. Uh, we've lost our balance and our boundaries of when we're working and how we're working and, and, you know, some people are really good at putting good framework in place and some people aren't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and and people have um, home lives and kids and partners and families mm. and, you mm. know, you, we're dealing with like constantly dealing with the overload and stress that is a pandemic, but that's or that's on top of like the life stresses that we're <laughs> totally. already dealing with, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, th I think it's easy and I think what happened in the first, lockdown is no one knew what was happening so everyone lent into their bad habits because yeah. it you when when everything's sort of stripped from you or the rugs pulled from from underneath you i think it's easy to lean into bad coping strategies totally. what's comfortable what's easy right yeah. um but then you know we got into this wave of of rolling lockdowns and for those that didn't set up any kind of foundations or kind mm. of um some kind of framework early on i think found themselves in in sort of uncharted waters a little bit or yeah. then they went the opposite right so then it was like a lot of my clients wasted the first lockdown and then the second lockdown was like well now I'm just getting rid of everything like there's no totally. sugar, there's no alcohol there's no <laughs> I'm working out every day and it's no like Netflix. this, this totally. is the new me right yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah and then I think we got into third fourth fifth sixth lockdowns right and people have gone from all or nothing you <laughs> yeah, know black and white yeah. no gray yeah yeah and, and um you know so I think those that have survived you know, survival of the fittest somewhat uh, are those that have sort of somehow just managed to operate in the grey this whole time, yeah. look yeah. after their health, whether it be yeah. be it mental, be it physical, uh, emotional, whatever it would be, but just constantly mm. trying to look after themselves. And I think that's how you continue to build that kind of resilient I love that mindset yeah. because otherwise, yeah, like I said, the, the structure's not there. There's no rule book, right, at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone absolutely. left to their own devices. That's half the problem. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm about to say. I think that's the biggest challenge is that all of a sudden everyone has their own, I can decide when I can start work and if I want to start early or, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, I don't like all this control. Like, I don't want I don't want this responsibility. Yeah. You know, I don't want the paradox of choice. I just want to be told that I have to start at nine and finish at five and I have to catch the 842 train and get the 552 train, whatever, you know. Exactly. I don't want to um, clean out another cupboard. I yeah. don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> It's Absolutely. Like, I love those memes, you know, that say, you know, oh, if only I had a week off work, I could achieve so much. If only I <laughs> totally. had a month off work, there's so much I could do. And then, yeah. you're like, oh, no, that wasn't the problem. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never was. And never. And, and exactly. same, so similar thing. And, and I like what you said about the foundations is you, you sort of set this, like you said, the routine and the, and the habits. And, the, and it doesn't, you don't have to be an athlete to have a routine and habits. I think that's where a lot of people get confused. Like with all the clients that I have, like, oh, but I, 
only athletes have, or professionals or people that get up and go for a run have a morning routine. I'm yeah. like, well, you don't have to exercise in the morning to have a morning routine. Like your routine might get up and stretch, make coffee, see the kids, read the paper, whatever. And you might exercise at night. That's okay. I think people attach morning routine to and habits to exercise for some reason and cold showers and all that sort of stuff. It's, what do you think? Uh, I Look, I think, and I'm, I'm like, I work with everyone, right? Like everyone from your everyday person to your corporate or your business leader through to Olympic athletes. And I, I think the, the one thing that, that is a common theme between everyone is everyone has, uh, uh, sorry, the most successful people, I think is, is the people that do have some kind of, uh, consistency or yeah. habits or routine in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think they are the foundations and, you know, the, the, the people that I, you know, aspire to or, or admire, whatever the right word is, um, yeah. or like the most successful people I, I work with or, or see are the ones that are quite, they're almost quite ritualistic, you mm. know, a, a, about their habits and about their non-negotiables or yeah. the way they go about, yeah. about their yeah. days. Would you say they're very structured? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. It's yeah. um and like you said, it doesn't mean it has to be at seven a.m. every day. Exactly right. It means it gets done no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. So like mm. freedom within boundaries, right? Hundred percent. I've always believed that structure brings freedom. You know, because you're structured. You know where you need to be. You know where you need to go. If something comes up, you're like, well, I can't handle it now. I can do it later, or I can handle it this time. Or yeah, I've got five minutes out. I'll take that call. Well, because said. you know where you need to be compared to being you don't know anything. And you're like, oh, my God, all these things to do. What can I do? Where do I need to be? Where am I at? This call's coming in. Can't answer it. So I, I definitely it. believe. I know. I'm with you. I think it's what gives us mm. the control, right? It puts us back mm. in the driver's seat a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Even if yeah, it's well, your own control. driver's yeah. seat. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You touched on earlier sort of coming out of Olympics and your athlete journey. I know you had a, a serious injury and and, and then the, the, the mental health repercussions off the back of that, which you worked so well on to, to now be able to pass it on and, and educate and share what was your journey like at that time? Because obviously now it's, it's a lot more support. It's more, a lot more well-known, the mental health mm. space. At that time, how did you handle it? What was it like? How was it received? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because, I, I mean, I understand it a lot more uh, these days. You know, I think um, there's a direct link between physical and mental health, right? Yeah. And I think people have learned that, especially during COVID. But there's a lot of research now too that, you know, people with serious mental health conditions, as an example, are at high risk of experiencing chronic physical conditions, mm. right? Mm. And vice versa, people with chronic um, physical conditions are at risk of developing yeah. poor mental health. Mm. And I think that's certainly where I sat in that category, the latter, um, in my early 20s when I had my accident. So, you know, I for me, like I'm, I'm naturally, I think, or innately quite an optimistic, um, high energy, um, positive person, but my, my physical, um, injury, um, and, and the chronic pain that I was dealing with and the chronic pain management over a certain amount of years and how it in and how it impacted my professional career or t mm. essentially took away my professional career was what led me to, uh, have, you know, more poor mental health, you know, that's yeah. what drove yeah. my anxiety and drove yeah. me into a more negative headspace. Um, totally. Because, and like linked to what we were just talking about, I lost yeah. a lot of that routine and, and the, mm. what I knew to be my everyday mm. life. Correct. Um, yeah. So prior, prior to the injury was, was like, obviously again, now it's, you know, it's, it's a thing to work on your mental health before mm. you, you know, have a challenging time. For you, were you working on your mental health until you before you had that moment? It's funny because up until my injury, I had I'd never seen a sports psychologist. Mm -hmm. So everything I'd done in my professional sporting career, I I I, I think I had very much relied on my physical ability, yeah. um, and uh, um and and my determination, if you will, because yeah. it was kind of like being back on a, on the Jamaican bobsled team back then. Like <laughs> it was like, absolutely. And it was an action sport, right? Like it was an mm. X game sport that had yeah. transitioned its way to modern day, uh, commercial sports. So, you know, you, you already have to be a certain type of personality to do that kind of sport absolutely. and have that kind of white fever, I think. Mm. So I, mm. I, I mean, I always, I, I really kind of already had that 
I think somewhat. Um, and it wasn't until I guess that structure and um, that excitement of that high energy sport and action was removed when I really started to, um, I guess, look at my mental health. And that's when I started working with a sports psychologist. Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. Enjoy. It was such a polarization. I went from everything to not nothing, but it was just like the highs, absolute highs down to Oh, wow. totally. And the risk of sounding dramatic for me, it was going from all to nothing. Like, you know, I was going in your world, it was jumping out of helicopters and competing at the Olympics and being on the World Cup circuit to not being able to get through a 20 minute Pilates class without a mm. great deal of pain. And um, my, mm. my life became about rehabilitation, which you can ask any athlete. We actually don't. I mean, not everyone. I'm not speaking on behalf of everyone, but a lot of us don't actually love having to put the amount of hours into the gym that we have to. What we love is our sport, but totally. we do all that work because mm. it makes us a great athlete. Mm. So to remove the sport and the glory of sport and the excitement and the competition and the camaraderie and the tour totally, and, yeah. and go back to just doing the rehab, like that's not why we sign up that's for tough. the sport. You know? <laughs> totally, totally, totally. But you know what? I think in a way, like if we look at that there, that's almost in a way, in a way what life is because like you're doing the work every day, not for the unknown, but it's like, there is no, in three years, I'm going to the Olympics. So you're, you're everyday reading, everyday exercising, everyday working on yourself, everyday learning something, everyday ex- like developing and evolving and growing for the hope that it might pay off for something, whatever that goal might be. Thank you for saying that. I think that's, that's spot on. That's absolutely right. And honestly, it took me a few years there where I physical, uh, my physical ability, I should say, I took for granted for a really long time. Mm. And then I, oh no, I almost didn't like sport and health and fitness for a while mm. there because it just went against everything for me. It was, it was creating, it was causing me hurt and pain. You know? Totally. So it took me a few years to realize that all I needed to do was put my athlete cap back on and have the mindset of an athlete, even though physically I wasn't able mm. to embody the athlete that I once was. Um, totally. And, 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 and realize that there's so many transferable skills. And it really is about what you do every single day and look after yourself to, you know, it's, it's, it's the work that we have to do on ourselves every single day that, and it's the same as what I'm telling all of my clients during lockdown and during the, Uh, during these challenging times during COVID, it's like stop worrying about the old you and focus on the new, the new normal, I guess. Yeah. And um, whatever that may look like, whatever that may look like, and just be your healthiest, happiest version of yourself in that, no matter what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, for someone that's working on those habits at the moment, someone's trying to build routine, build habits, uh, trying to you know see the vision, see the goals, create the goals. What would be some advice and tips that you would give to them to sort of say, "Cool, this is a starting spot." Like if they're starting at base, where they've you know they're not in a bad space, but they're just like, you know, I don't have any goals, I don't have any visions, I can't get up in the morning, I can't do what I need to do. What would be some some habits or some some tips that you would want to give them? Um, number one, I always say, start where you are. I think that's nice. the most important thing. There, there's no right time. Mm. It's just what mm. you do with that time. So start where you are. Uh, secondly, I think I always say I don't believe in motivation. So for me, I believe motivation is fleeting and unreliable. Um, so, But instead you need to rely on discipline. So, you know, no, no good athlete wakes up one day and hopes they'll be motivated to get up and train. And especially in my sport, you know, we were training in minus 20 degrees. Sometimes Whoa. you don't wake up being like, Oh, can't wait to get Over out the there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. The discipline of mm. knowing you're getting up and going mm. out there so that you can, because mm. when you turn up on the hard days, the easier days are just so much easier. You know, yeah, absolutely. Days, you know, when <laughs> yeah. the sun is shining and you can compete on a beautiful blue sky day, it's because you've done the work on those days absolutely. in the snowstorm and you, yeah. you're, you're battering it out. But I think yeah. it's the same thing applies now. So it's like, don't wake up and like wait for motivation to be at your door, you know, because it's not going to be there. So it's like totally have a commitment to yourself and that discipline that you get up and do what you need to do every day. 
and um, yeah. and have a yeah. solid list of non-negotiables. So I'm a big, big believer in in non-negotiables, the things that we do for ourselves to make us feel like our best self, right? So it's um I, I um it, it's like a non-negotiable for me that if you're if you're one of my clients, it's like you have to have a pretty solid list. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and you stick to that list. It's absolutely. Give us an insight. Give us a couple of things that are on that list, whether for you or for your clients. You don't have to give us a whole list, but what's a non-negotiable for Steph? Um, sure, I'll share one of mine because I think that's only fair to share mine um, mm. and what what works for me. Like a physical health is obviously number one on my non-negotiable yeah. list. Um, movement uh, and and exercise is like the the springboard to better behaviors and habits, uh, in in your life in, in other areas. So not because I was an athlete, not because I come from sport. I just, I know, and the the science says it, that it's that's, and the research says that's what we need to do to get those happy hormones going. Right. So exercise number one, every single day, 30 minutes, if you can, uh, mindset number two for me. So you know, I don't, I don't love the word mindfulness and that's not because I don't believe in the practice. I certainly do, but I think that meditation, mindfulness and mindset look different to everybody and everyone Mm. has to find something that, that works for them. Mm. So find some kind of meditative practice or mindful practice or mindset practice that works for you. Um, so mine is, I do a lot of breath work. Um, mm. I, I struggle and I open and admit that I struggle with like your traditional meditation, but I still do yeah. it because I know it's good for me. But, totally. um, the breath work works really well for me. A lot of mindful mm. movement practices um, and music. Music's a big part of how I move and feel good and what I do. Um, maybe Love I'm that. just an up-tempo person and need a yeah. beat all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but yeah. um, music. Um, and I mean, there's there's a list of many, but something I've had to learn I and I constantly work on is um, the power of no thank you and the ability to say no thank you full stop when something doesn't serve you in life. Uh, I like that. Listening to that intuition, you know, when like internally you're sitting there going, Oh, yeah. don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then you're like, sure, Jamie, I'll see you at six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah like that, yeah. that practice of um of saying no thank you, full stop. How powerful is no that? No justification. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a moment on. was there a moment for you where it you had said yes too many times? You're like, fuck this, no more. Like it's no's. Oh fuck. I'm like. I'm a yesaholic, like I, yeah. I'm a, form, a former yesaholic, but I, yeah. it's one of the bad habits that I, that I fall into. Um, yeah. You know, you asked me, what did you ask earlier about, tra- um, you know, things that annoy you? There we go. Totally. Pet hate. Pet hate. Yeah, There's yeah, my yeah. pet hate. Yeah. Like saying yes when you mean no. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a yesaholic. So I've really yeah. had to learn to, like it felt very selfish for me for a very long time not to be able to say yes to everything. Mm. So I've really had to learn um, to just where my energy is best put totally, and, and how I can, um, you know, be a better person by, um, Agreed. I guess, looking after mm. that kind of energy exchange and, and where I put it as well. So there's a lot of power in saying no to something that doesn't like serve you. Massive. Um, and I, I remember the first time it really hit home for me when I said no to something that wasn't serving me. And I was like, Damn, I feel good. It's like this internal win, right? You're like, you're like, yeah, it was almost better than actually do, saying yes to something that I really wanted to do. Like I said no to something that I didn't really want to do. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. It's like a you test know? to yourself too sometimes because then it yeah. opens up space and creates space for you to use that time yeah. for something more productive. Or I think it's equally as like a, like a proud moment. It's like I said yes to something I wanted to do. I'm proud of what I did. I said no to something that I didn't want to do. That's equally, if not more. Yeah of an achievement and it eventually just becomes easy. It's a very good value of self. So yes. And of, of your own Love that. time and value. That. So yes, yeah, something again, I'm still working on it, but. It's- totally. Well, Hey, I appreciate you saying yes to coming on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, let's talk a little bit about snowboarding. Sure. Where did it start? How, what's been your biggest jump? I've got like a thousand questions. Oh like I want to know. Oh, I, I, I just, I'm an I'm a ex-athlete myself. I love sport, watch it all the time. Like was binge watching the Olympics when it was on earlier this year and then obviously the Winter Olympics and the Paralympics backing it up, sorry. Um, but yeah, talk to me. Tell me talk to me about snowboarding. I've only ever been to the snow once when I was like 10, so I don't really remember a lot. Um, yeah. 
but I lo- I'll I'd just parlay off the back of that. I know how good were the Olympics. Like I just think I know. in the times, these challenging times that yeah. we're all living mm. in, like I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm still of the belief that sport and music are the two things that can bring people, Absolutely. unite people. And I think having yeah. the Olympics, you know, sadly without a crowd that 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 these athletes deserve, um, I think it was Agreed. still it was still so uplifting and and Absolutely. really gave people something to focus on. The timing of it, like I, can, I think globally, was just wasn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, long and involved story short, I I my um I started skiing as a kid um with my family that took up skiing later in their life and um, <laughs> I, I hated it and then my dad took up snowboarding in the eighties and. Um, my um, parents then bought me a little secondhand snowboard, a pink little snowboard. And um, <laughs> Britney Spears written on it or no? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, <laughs> later on. <laughs> but there was an ode to that later in life because I, I ended up competing on the Olympics on a bright pink snowboard. Love that. Um, just yeah. like as yeah. a little ode to that first ever little 80s snowboard yeah. that I had. <laughs> um, and it was secondhand that we brought from another family friends that we knew and it was a boys board. And um, I just took to it. I loved it. And, um, and it's, it's really like, it sounds silly, but like, that was the the changing moment, I think, because I still don't ski, I can't ski, but um, I, I love snowboarding and I just took to it. I don't know if it's from the dance background. I don't know if it's because balance and agility are my thing. I have mm, no hand-eye mm. coordination whatsoever, <laughs> but snowboarding is like, it's, it's it just made sense. My happy place. Yeah. 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 Love that. Did you ever anticipate Going to the Olympics, five-time world champion. Like, was that ever a thing, or was it more just fun at that stage? No, I um, I, I didn't, and I, I I'm very honest and open about that. I didn't wake up wanting to be the kid going to the Olympics. Like, I'm just someone yeah. I think that puts 110% energy into everything mm. I do, and um, I, snowboarding for me was never a job. It was always a joy. Uh, it was something I loved and I took it up very late in life. Like, so you would never take to a sport at 13, 14 years of age and think you were going to go on to compete at the Olympics. Mm, um, mm. But I guess snowboarding is one of those sports where you can, or action sports, I think are a little different. They're not as like defied by age. Yeah. Per se. I gotcha. um, mm. More probably from just like ability and like, how like bigger set of balls you have in action sports. So yeah, agreed. You know, I, I was lucky. I always trained with boys. Um, I, and and men and women compete on the same course in my sport. So yep. um, you know, there just wasn't any many other women in Australia that were snowboarding mm. at the time. So I not to take away from my five time Australian title, but um, there it, there wasn't a lot of competition. But um, it turned out I wasn't just good in Australia. And then I started competing when I was 16 or 17 overseas. And and um, I think even then my parents were a bit like, oh, yeah, okay, we didn't expect that. Well, it turns out you're actually okay. Like in, not just okay in Australia. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I, you awesome. know, I went on, I finished high school, um, which is really important to my family at the time. I went to university. I got a year into uni and just had this craving this deep deep urge I was just missing competing so much and I would was seriously just doing it for fun but I had a lot of friends that had gone overseas um or a lot of people um other men and women that I was competing with overseas that were like what are you doing get over here have a crack Mm. and Mm. um so after a year at uni I I a year and a half at uni I think I I pulled out and thought I'm going to give this a go and um like I said I just missed out for the 2006 qualifying for the games and then that was sort of what gave me the kick up the ass to be like I'm going to give it another four years and give it everything I've got yeah and see if I get it yeah so I've still got um, it's actually here, a frame that um, is like the the letter I got when I qualified for the Olympics. And like, if I'm having a bad day, I look at that frame sometimes. It's like, Does that come in the mail, like a letter like yeah, that? Or is that yeah, like, and you have oh, to wow. wait for it in the mail. Um, and I think like a lot of people don't realise too, like the Olympics are four years apart, but you only find out maybe three weeks out from the games that you've actually qualified. In your sport or just in general, Every, like for most sports? Most sports. So even, it, even Summer Olympics? Yeah. So you train for oh, wow. years. And of course, you know your ranking. You know your world ranking and you know, totally. where, and you yeah, know where you yeah. stand. But you still have to be selected, A, by your own country to go. And there's only a certain amount of quota spots in every country. So you might oh, be wow. the best in your world. But if your country has 10 people that are really good, they'll still only, there's only a certain amount of quota spots per country. And they can choose to put those quota spots into other sports where they wow. believe there might be other better results, right? Potential for, yeah, and, yeah, totally. And that's the politics of sport, you know, that a lot of Well, that's what I was about to say, but I didn't want to say that. Don't, but I, I was, don't talk I, about it. But it's, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I was, 
you know, I was a top 15, top 20 in the world athlete, and which is something I'm very, very proud of these days. But sometimes if you're not cracking the top 10, you're not a priority either. So, you know, I, I knew I had to be in that, mm. I knew I had to be in that top 20 seeds in the world to be to be considered to go to the games. And you have to be so consistent in your results in the lead up to the games. Um, and I'd had a couple of smaller injuries and you just have to be on your A game and timing has to yeah. be on your side. Like so many things have to align for that one event. So, um, yeah, yeah. like I said earlier, the most overwhelming experience of my totally. life and not my best result. Like for me, I didn't get the result I wanted at the Olympics, but I, um, do you think if you went again, you would have, I guess in hindsight, like you would say, yeah, well, we were more prepared. I've experienced the ones going back the second time. Do you think you would have? taken a lot from that first one and then gone to the second one and be like, okay, cool. Now I've got it. I'm not as nervous or I'm not as, yeah. Absolutely. How do you think your second one would have played out other than winning the gold? But yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and to be, and to admit that how many times I've played that in my head, Jamie, but yes. Yeah. Um, you know, but in, like there's, there's, there's a double-sided coin to that. One is that after my injury, cause it was just after the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, I, it's probably what got me out of bed every day and did the rehab, right? The thought of knowing that I was going to go to another Olympics because I mm. didn't get the result that I wanted at these games. Um, so you used it as the fuel. I think as it the, was as a really fu- good fuel to get me through mm. a really hard time in my life. Um, and and everyone says, like I had a lot of mentors that were Olympians and 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 ex-professional athletes, and they always say that it's your second Olympics where you do your best. Because mm. the first Olympics is so overwhelming. It's like a Disneyland for athletes, right? It's just like totally. it's on heat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be able to go back with, you know, the, I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? But like that hindsight. Um, totally. But to be able to go into another one knowing what you're what you're kind of walking into and how you totally. prepare yourself for that absolutely would would work. It would have been completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and the stats and the results of athletes show that. Show so that. Yeah. Definitely. I would have loved to have had that chance. Yeah. Yeah. Well hey, you know, never say never, like we said at the start, you know, there could be an opportunity to play some sport in the Not Olympics that. somewhere. <laughs> Who knows what that sport there might be a new sport they bring out and Steph's like, that's my sport. I'm in. No, Count I'm more in. I'm like I I my friends joke all the time about like signing me up for these horrendous reality TV shows, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, there you go. And they're like, oh, you know, we'll sign you up to God forbid, like the the bachelorette or whatever. And I was like, oh my, I'd go on SAS. Honestly, I would find that easier. Like totally pop me on, like put yeah. me on Survivor before you put me on in a house in a house full of <laughs> um oh, that's gold. like I'm I'm yeah. all about the action and the adventure, right? Like throw me yeah. on a Tarzan rope, push me off a cliff. I'm way more absolutely way more comfortable, guys. Yeah. Is SAS still called a reality show? Yeah, I don't know. It's true, actually. I'd, is it? I'd, like I think it is, but it's like that's zero reality. Like that's that's an insult. <laughs> if you ask me. You know, yeah, well I watched that and I'm I said to my partner, I was like, can you find an SAS course somewhere in Australia? I want to do it. Like I actually would love to experience that. Exactly. I'm very driven to let, let's be clear to the action sports side of that show, not mm, necessarily mm. the personal derailment. Of- Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But that excites me a little bit. You know, this, you, you see, maybe I'm a little bit, you know, loose or something, but again, you've got to be a little bit, you know, you interesting right? to, you've got to be a little bit gone to it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I like, I'm like, you know what, there's probably another level of me that i We'll probably never get myself unless some five guys are just abusing me and I, telling me to jump and telling me to swim. Like I won't get that level unless I have that. I, I agree. There's part of me that that is very excited by that thrill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, I think there's something wrong with us, Steph. Uh, I think just, I think, yeah, <laughs> maybe there is. But it plays back into that personal, you know, development to a point, right? Yeah. Like, uh, if yeah. You, I think as athletes, you're used to being pushed. You're used to being very coachable, you know, yeah. and and you're used to being um, finding your threshold, right? So that's, absolutely. So that's and I think through. that's why mm. it excites us a little bit. <laughs> it's not all bad, I like right? That. No, definitely bad. not. Definitely not. Hey, being as a, as an elite athlete, how do you think that's helped you? become the person you are now i know we've sort of touched on a bits and pieces it throughout mm. um how it served and some of the the, the habits and the, and the routines and the, and the structures that you've been able to take mm. and some of the mindset and how you used it but how do you think it's best served you now i think um i i would have to say into like my professional career of coaching and and sort of what mm. i do now i think like up until my accident i 
I'd, and um, I'd taken my body and my health, my fitness for granted very much. So for, yeah. you know, 24 years of my life. Um, and I, I probably didn't really understand what my life would be like without health. So I, I truly, it's what's kept me in the health, in the health space yeah. and yeah. the health and wellness space. And it took me on an all enduring sort of wellness journey that I would not have gone on otherwise, um, had, a, had I stayed in sport. So, you know, I, I, I'm very, you know, grateful for that. And I think it really changed the way I look at health and fitness and how I coach and educate others now. And, um, looking at, at, at health a whole lot more holistically. Um, so I think that's really helped shape the kind of work I do now with yeah. coaching, with Studio PP, with my movement yeah. practices, with uh, all, all of that kind of work. I think it, I just come at it from a completely different angle. But I'm grateful for like what we've talked about, like the yeah. the resilience of being an athlete and what you totally. put yourself through is 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 not comfortable a lot of the time mm. but i think it i think it does make you a better person and um you, you can learn a lot from it and there's a lot of transferable skills that i didn't used to think were uh interesting to others um and it took me a long time to lean into that a little bit too and, and understand mm. that you know you can help a lot of other people from sharing your own experiences and absolutely um so absolutely i, I think it's a long-winded answer yeah, no, yeah. Well, and I was gonna, what I was going to say is that we've all sort of got our own story that sort of people can align to, but yep. they may not have gone to the top of the slope and being cool and about to go down on an Olympic <laughs> level, but they may have their own version of that in their own world where Absolutely. they can say, you know what, I've had a high where it didn't work out or I had an accident or, you know, a relationship or a business or totally. a health goal. There's always something that they can align to when you start to share. Is that what led into, so during your recovery time, what led into Studio PP and, and led into the whole Pilates space? And was it through the recovery that you found the passion for that? Uh, I, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think health is it is sort of at the core of like everything I do. Um, and and that, that's certainly how I found Pilates. Like I said, I, d- I danced for 15 years. So I think yeah. I always had that at sort of the core. Movement has always been a big, big part of my life. Mm. Um, yeah. But mm. I, I found sort of the, the clinical side of exercise and the, mm. um, you know, that sort of um, more prescriptive side of exercise and recovery through my rehab journey. Um, and I'd sort of, I'd done Pilates through dance a little bit, but I sort of came yeah. back to it through everything I was doing. So um, I, I think that was a a big part of starting Studio PP and I was sort of going through my own sort of health journey as well. So it was kind of, it was transferable to a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I think in a big part of what I do through PP now and through the work that I do is like somehow translating sort of high performance back into everyday life, mm. which mm. I think we've touched on in so many ways yeah. today, but yeah. um, yeah. it's just bringing those kind of transferable skills, you know, that I learned Agreed. everything, like you said, and yeah. not just because I come from that high, high performance background, but I, you know, to, to really help others kind of drive effort, better output, uh, productivity, Improve in whatever it is they're doing, like in everything, yeah, and their well-being. That's the best part about it. Well-being and health is at the core of all of that. So, I think Studio PP, which you know aptly stands for Premium Performance, um, which is what I want everyone to be feel like the most premium version of themselves and to be able to perform perform at their best. Um, You know, it it is really at the crux of that. It's all about helping people live a healthier, happier, and and more fulfilling Mm. life, which is Mm. certainly what I was searching for. Um, love that love that and I love what you've done with the studio as well like you said you're really driving that through your experiences and then all the amount of people that you get to work with that that professionalism it's like there's some foundations that we need to set there's non-negotiables that like you said all your clients have it's like these are the things you have to do Mm. but you don't have to be an athlete though no that's I think that's the most important message that I think Oh no! You just have I mean, to be someone to categorize that wants to be the best version of yourself, and I'm interested. Absolutely, <laughs> athlete doesn't mean that you have to wear a, a Guernsey or be branded in a certain way with another group of people. Like every day, you're an athlete. Like you have to turn up to, as the best version of yourself. Like that's a job. Like that's hard. That's our one you know? job, right? Like we only get one body and one life. Mm, it's mm, that is our job mm. is to 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 use that 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 time and that life and those skills that we have totally. to the best of our ability. Yeah, and try yeah. to enjoy and I think, the ride along the 
Exactly right. And I think now, like we were saying at the start, patience slowing down a little bit, we've started to appreciate and see what is actually important because I know that's definitely been the case for me. And now realizing what is important, I can give that my all of my energy and give that all of my attention and focus on those few things that are most important compared to what I thought used to be these 10 things that were so important. It's actually, you know what, only these two or three things are what I really value in life and what I really want. It's true. That's where I'm going to put my my energy. The, I like the it. The who's and the what's. I think everyone's yeah. question there, who who and what is important in their life yeah. during yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah, I like that. How do you think you've personally evolved this last 12 to 18 months? It's um, a great question. Um, I mean, growth and being able to continue to evolve, I guess, like you said, it's part of our job, right? But um, yeah. I think for me it's very much about um, – giving myself time space and patience like I touched on um mm. I I it's something I I think I'm I'm quite um not aggressive in my approach but I am determined you know and I go I go at 100 miles an hour and that can relentless relentless and that can work against mm. me sometimes so yeah I've I'm, I've been grateful for the forced pause it's helped me put mm. attention and focus back into things that have been great um, and that I've really enjoyed and I wouldn't have put the time and energy into them had I not had this opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope that I could I could say that personally I think I've I've learned to be a little bit more patient and maybe like open-minded um, yeah. and I've I, I, and maybe I've just learned to give myself a little bit more permission to look after myself a bit better again. I like that. Like, and that's part of my message, right? But you've got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's where that real connection comes from. Like I was saying at the start, like there's that real realness. It's like, I'm not perfect, but I'm going on this journey and I'm showing up every day as this is what I'm working on and this is the results I'm getting. Yeah, exactly right. I think people can really connect with that. I hope so. I hope so. I'm I'm sure they are. There's got to be a level of authenticity in in this world that we we currently uh, live in. And I think the health space especially can be a very... um, uh, in authentic space sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. it's really, yeah. it's really mm. like, I think whether it be about health, about wellness, like what we said earlier about productivity, well-being, whatever, whatever totally. angle you're coming at it from, it's like, just be the best version of yourself. Yeah. There's a real calling for it at the moment. It really is. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. What's, uh, what's been your best life lesson? Oh gosh. Big questions, Jamie. As we start to wrap it up, we're going to go deep. I know. And, um, <laughs> um, I'm, there's been a lot, <laughs> certainly. Um, don't fear change. I think that's something I've I've really learned over the last few years. Like you really can reinvent yourself and you can start again and you can start from nothing. And I'm saying that from, I mean, people would, would have far more exciting stories than I have. Um, but, you know, from leaving sport at 24 and not having another career in place and starting again after that, after my accident, to going and starting my own business in, in health and wellness, uh, you know, I went through a divorce a couple of years ago, like just a lot of constant change. Then obviously mm. the pandemic is forcing us to to not be afraid of change. So I just think I've <laughs> over the last sort of 10 years or so, I've just had like constant changes and 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 really being okay with that and being in the flow with it, accepting of it and seeing where it takes you. Cause sometimes a reroute can be really exciting too. Absolutely. Would you say it's like a, like a built skill over time? Like it's not like you don't go from not experience and not fearing change to just fearing it. Like there's like this, okay, I gotta do it again and again and again and again and again, like it happens over and over and over. And then you just somehow like be okay. Like, is that what happened with you? <gasps> I think. Or was it one time it's like it, bang, it just hit and it's like, I don't fear it anymore. No, I think you get better at it for sure. Yeah. But I think like yeah. anything in life, um, like the hardest challenges and sometimes the worst things that happen to us lead to better outcomes. In a, Absolutely. You know, mm. There's always a silver lining. So There's always a blessing and, there. Yeah. And you can't see it when you're in it. You know, it's really hard to see the, <laughs> yeah. the trees when yeah. you're in it. But yeah. Um, yeah. it always yeah. leads to something. So I think that's a big part of it. For sure. That's the positive light. Yeah. Again, especially at the moment, like yeah. someone listening to this might be going through a not so great time, you know, and that's the and that's the that's the positive light there for them. Like that's the you don't have to know the answers right now. You don't have to see the path right now. You don't have to know what tomorrow holds. 
It's going to have a vision, stay strong, work on yourself, strong belief, strong confidence. I think if you're, if, if you're healthy and that's a, that's a pretty open, open word, but, um, and (laughs) that's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, covering all the bases, environmentally, like looking at your wellbeing holistically. And if you're looking after yourself, I think that gives you the strength to take on challenges and turn Mm. up every day and, and and do what you can and be quite aware of yourself in, in all of those different facets, which we're not in all areas. None of us are right. That's that's what balance is all about. That's what we're all seeking, Mm. right? Like we're all looking for this Mm. miraculous thing that we call balance, but um, sometimes we're going to feel it and sometimes we don't. And the more fluid you are with that, I think the, the easier it is to, to ride the wave. Totally. Something I might, on, on balance, something that I, I think you might find value is a really good friend of mine. And I'd call him a mentor of mine. Someone I look up to, mm. he said to me, Jamie, like, we're not really looking for balance, we're looking for harmony. Oh, I love it's, that. It, you know, like, it's, it's, it just it has to work. Whatever way it's going to work, that's harmony in your world. You that. know, whether it's, whether that dead balance, like, unfortunately, probably will never exist as a flatline balance, okay. but we're looking for harmony. And we've all got our own version of it. And when he said that to me, I was like, wow, like that made sense because I, I was always thinking that I had to be a certain way to achieve balance. But I was like, no, I can be my way of harmony. Yes, exactly. As long as I'm achieving. Yes. You know, um, which works well. Second last question for me, talk to us a little bit about your internal dialogue because I've gone on this personal journey myself, again, working on, you know, we're all, as I say, kids in adult bodies, right? from the imprint stage, zero to seven, we're all replaying those values, those memories, those stories, those experiences we have. That's what we base who we are off. What's your internal dialogue like? Like, how do you talk to yourself? It's the only voice you hear all the time. Mm. As an athlete, what was it like? As Steph today, how is it? I think um, like internal dialogue is something I speak about a lot in, um, in my coaching in, in when I, when I do talks as well, it's something I think I had to learn at a young age as an athlete, like how we talk to ourselves, you know, on game Mm. day um, versus how we talk to ourselves when we wake up first thing in the morning, you know, and I mean, I will share a quick story with you, but I I had a a very um, Austrian uh, coach who we were driving to, we're in the team van one day driving to a competition and I'd been injured and it was my first competition back in a while. Um, and and he, obviously he'd probably noticed I wasn't in my best space. And he just said, how are you feeling about the race today? And I, I don't know, I can't remember my words exactly, but it was something along the lines of, I'm just not sure how today is going to go based on obviously whatever it was, injury, I wasn't in my best headspace. So I was kind of, I said something along the lines of whatever happens, happens kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he pulled the car over on the side of the road and um, asked me to get out of the car, slam the door, put the window down. And this is like in a snowstorm and was like, I refuse to take an athlete to an event with a mindset like that and just drove off and left me there. And um, luckily enough, like very, very, um, you know, insert like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type accent. With this whole thing. It's a lot, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. more dramatic, but it was like, you know, think about what you're saying to yourself. And, um, I, you know, he luckily only went around the block and came back and picked me up, but it gave me enough time to go, oh my gosh, I, I can't turn up to a race like that. There's no way I can compete against these Mm. other athletes if I'm in that kind of mindset. And I got back in the car and he said, what did you think? And I obviously shared my thoughts and he said, yeah, you've got to have a winner's mindset no matter what. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's not going to happen. You don't see yourself standing on the podium. You're not going to win. And I sort of have taken that with me. That's like that internal dialogue has stuck with me through many hard moments and challenges in my life, whether it be in business, whether it be in life, whether it be confronting conversations, hard things with friends and or families, relationships, whatever it be. And it's like, Mm. you need to turn up with a winner's mindset, no matter what you've done the work, you've done the preparation, but you have to have the winner's mindset. Otherwise that's where it can, that's where it can all fall apart. It falls apart. You're letting yourself down. You're letting yourself down from, 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 from day Mm. dot otherwise. So I think that's another whole like episode of internal dialogue. Uh, You know, that's like another three hour episode right there, um, which I would love to have maybe another time. I was going to say, I'd love to, I'd love to dive deep with you on that one. That's something I'm very, very passionate about, but yeah, like how we speak to ourselves is, you know, it's it's why most of our behavioral and and habit interventions fail you know so it's like i'm i'm all about a positive 
internal mm. dialogue. And, and a lot of time it's just a story we tell ourselves, you know. Totally. Absolutely. And, and you know, and this is um, what I've been saying to a lot of my clients lately too, is like I think a lot of us have our internal dialogue has become a bit negative lately. Um, yeah. Slightly yep. yep. so in these Absolutely. times. But, um, you know, we, we can't continue to be the criticizer, you know. Yeah, we need to absolutely. be whether if a winner's mindset mm. doesn't work for you, then you know, be the cheerleader, be the, be the um, the complimenter, be your be your own coach, right? Totally. Just don't be that, yeah. And like you said, it is a challenging time to easily go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Totally. It just starts with that awareness, mm. and I think it's a exactly great, right. A great exercise yeah. in in self awareness mm. is that. Um, is just listening to yourself on a daily basis and, and how you're speaking to yourself, whether it's externally mm. or internally, is um, a really good indication of, of where you sit with yourself, of where you're at, where you're at with yourself. in that moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Last question from me, Steph, and thank you. This has been amazing. Like I said, I, I really feel like we need to do episode. We need to do version two, episode two. Um, I, loved it. I, I feel like we- I owe you. I was running a little bit late for today's no, so um, all good. <laughs> it's no, on, no stress. It's on me. No, no, definitely. Last question from me. If I said to you, Steph, um, what does be great mean to you? What would you say? What does? Be great. Be great. Oh, I think um, to be great means be well for me. If, you, if, you, if you're asking me what, what, it, what it, it means to me to be well, like I think a big part of what I do is helping people know and feel like what it feels like to be well. So I think mm. to be great for me means to be well, because I think from, 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 from being well, it, and like I said, that, that encom- is all encompassing. So absolutely. That, that's I love that's that. what came to Great answer. <laughs> great answer. Well done. Thank you. Steph, like I said, it's been incredible. Thank you so much uh, for making the time most importantly for one being here, but to give this incredible uh, information and insight so all the amazing people are going to listen to the episode. Where would be the best spot? And I highly encourage people to do this to to follow you, follow the journey, both personally and professionally. Where would where would that be? Awesome. Um, you can follow me uh, on obviously Instagram um, at Steffi Prem with a PH. Um, Studio PP is my business, so studioPP.com.au, or you can also find me at StephPrem.com.au. Love that. Um, I'll put all that information in the show notes. So if you're listening, go to the description or go to the the comment section. You'll see the links, and I'll make sure I'll put it in there for everyone too. That's so kind. Appreciate it's that. So kind. No, thank, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was that was awesome, awesome time. Yeah, time flies. Afternoon. I just I, loved loved talking shop with you, Jamie. It was an absolute absolutely. Pleasure. Thank you, thank you. Well, hey, you enjoy the rest of your day, and to everyone else out there who's tuned in, thank you, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great.